All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, we are we're in the middle of this deliverance series. Has this been okay? You keep coming back, so that's good. You haven't rejected me. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, healing, healing and deliverance. Uh, so let's dive into that a little bit. We have a mentors uh, gathering, by the way, after service. So if you're a part of Restored Life, Recover Life, uh, that ministry, uh, then be sure and meet with us afterwards. So uh, this has been kind of a kind of a cool season of a lot of this stuff going on, and uh, new mentors coming on board, and the ministry increasing, and so it's been really cool. Um, we've uh, kind of the the framework of part of what I've been saying is that. When we come to the Lord, we come in salvation. We come opening our heart, receiving Him, kind of the Revelation 3, I stand at the door of your heart, I'm knocking, uh, would you let me come in? And so we open the door of our heart, we allow Him to come in, right? And this is, uh, this is the beginning of relationship with God. And uh, Romans chapter 10, 8, 9, and 10 is kind of a hallmark passage there. Uh, talking about if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then this is how we come into, essentially you're coming into a, a covenant relationship with God through Jesus. Accepting what Jesus has done for you, you're actually coming into a covenant relationship with God. And so that's the way, that's the way we seal our normal, modern covenants as well, right? You want to get married to somebody? We did it years ago. You believe in your heart, this is the one. You confess with your mouth that you're going to give your life to them, uh, and uh, you're going to live for them and with them, and on behalf of them, you're going to share your life with them in sickness, health, wealth, poverty, etc., etc., right? So, it's a covenant relationship, and uh, that's what coming to the Lord looks like when we first come, but that's not the end of it, right? That's not the end of it. So then recognizing it's a covenant relationship, we bring ourselves to the cross, and Jesus calls us to the same cross that He was crucified on. And He calls us to get on that same cross that He was crucified on and to die to our old marriage to Satan and the demonic realm, and uh, to die to our way of life, which was fashioned in the characteristics of Satan and the demonic realm. So he calls us to get up on that cross and to put that old nature to death. And then, having been set free, part three of walking out the new creation, and I like to call it the new creation instead of just saying, you know, are you saved or I'm saved now. What, what God's doing with this, He's in Jesus bringing forth new creation, sons and daughters. So the third picture that we see there is, uh, and I've been trying to encourage in this, a third picture that we see here is then uh, severing or declaring a divorce to the influence, the power, the, uh, 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 the, 
the Bible calls strongholds, the roots, the, the influence, though, essentially, of the demonic realm that was a part of our former marriage relationship. And so this is super important, and it's something we don't hear a lot about. Uh, we come to the Lord, we come into churches, we hear about faith, we hear about the Word, we hear about uh, the words of Jesus, we hear uh, also, but many times we don't hear much about deliverance. And what I've been sharing with you is that many times our breakthroughs in the new creation are held up because we aren't walking out this severing well. We aren't essentially getting rid, overthrowing, uh, casting off, uh, dismissing demonic influence. And because we aren't trained in that, we, we, somebody told us it's scary, somebody told us it's unnecessary, uh, whatever the case, right, we aren't getting a lot of our breakthroughs. And so uh, I've been encouraging you to, to walk in, flesh out all three of these steps that I've talk, been talking about. And of course, that, that uh, third step is not the summation of what will make you that new creation person. There's a fourth step. The fourth step is continue to receive the Word of God, which is imperishable seed, and welcome that Word, welcome that seed to become the predominant influence of your inner man, of your soul, so that it will spring up and bring forth the resurrection life of Jesus. Amen? And, what, and, and by the way, just a little caveat here. If you skip number three, okay, so you acknowledge you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you receive forgiveness of sin. You come to the cross, you present yourself as dead in the cross to the sinful nature. You skip deliverance and you jump over here to the Word and you're soaking in the Word, and, and you're meditating the promises, this is where you end up with what James would call a double mind, an argument within. Because the spirits that were present due to your old life, if they are not dismissed, renounced, severed, cast out, overthrown, then as you're soaking in the Word, and you're reading the Word, and you're soaking in the promises, and you're reading all of this wonderful stuff, and you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, these influences bring forth an argument against what you're hearing. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. Oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Don't you dare do that. You're going to be, are you kidding me? What are you thinking? And so this is where uh, that double mind thing comes from many times is that there's a second voice that comes to contradict the Word when you hear the Word or when the Word is made alive to your heart. Make sense? So today, thinking about healing and deliverance, let's focus on this a little bit. It's interesting. Uh, I believe thoroughly and completely that healing is tied into deliverance 
completely uh, in many ways. Now, there's, there's three ways biblically that we receive healing, three ways that we receive healing. Uh, one is through the manifestation of the gift of healing out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. So the gifts of the Spirit are listed there. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. And when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, there's no faith needed uh, on the receiver. So, and uh, we might think of Benny Hinn or Catherine Coleman uh, as kind of a modern-day icon of somebody moving in the gift of healing uh, and potentially the gift of miracles or the gift of faith. Okay. So, what's happening there is that in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is welcome, and especially with a particular person who functions in that gift, or maybe the Holy Spirit has graced them to operate in that gift, then that's, it kind of becomes… Uh, we oftentimes lean into uh, the, the thing that appears to be uh, the hallmark anointing or calling on our lives, Right? And so, we might say that Benny Hinn has done that, uh, and he feels like he walks in an anointing, the anointing of Catherine Coleman. How many of you know who I'm talking about when I say Benny Hinn? Hands up all over the room. Okay, so a bunch of you. Okay, so this is, you know, uh, the kind of the iconic mindset of a, a gifted uh, healer or a person operating in the gift of healing. And so, what happens is, because we don't understand fully how all healing comes or how healing can come, if we need a healing, we have a tendency to run to, go to, flock to meetings where somebody with a gift of healing out of the nine gifts of the Spirit is in operation because they frequently operate or flow with that particular gift. And so we go to that meeting, and that's okay. Anybody ever go to a meeting? All right, so it's okay. Uh, I'm a conference junkie, and so I'll go to meetings where somebody is operating in something that is a gift, maybe that I need or that I'm hungry for, I want an impartation of, I want to learn more about. And so that would be an example of that. Um, An atmosphere is created maybe in worship, uh, an atmosphere is created in prayer. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit begins to minister. Sometimes the Holy Spirit begins to show the person who is being used of the Spirit in the gift who's being healed or what's being healed right now. Okay, backs are being healed right now. How many of you, and so they would call that out. And so how many of you have a problem with your back? People would raise their hands all across the auditorium. And then, uh, okay, let's stand, come forward. And then, you know, people with back problems would be healed. And this could be the gift of healing. A second methodology to receive, and this is biblical, by the way. A second methodology for receiving healing is through the Word. Simply working the Word. Working with the Word, receiving the Word, getting in agreement with the Word. This is part of what we talk about quite a bit in the Move Your Mountains book. Is uh, We don't talk about the gift of healing in the Move Your Mountains book. We talked about, we talk about in there, the... Uh, the working of the Word. So, uh, we learn what the Word says about healing. We hear what the Word says. The Holy Spirit quickens what He's said about healing to us. Do you know what I mean when I say quickens? Uh, Makes it alive. The Holy Spirit's like you're reading something all at once. Uh, It's more than just what you're reading. 
That would be logos, what God has said, but now it kind of feels like a rhema word for you. And so, all at once you have this, this light goes on, this revelation goes on, and you see that, oh, my goodness, the Lord wants to heal me, or the Lord has healed me, or the Lord has taken my affliction, or the Lord has done this for me. And so, you get into agreement with the Word. You get into disagreement with the, the chronic or the life-threatening or the life-extending prognosis of uh, the situation. Now, that doesn't mean you deny your situation. It just means you elevate the Word and what God has said. You elevate what God has said above your symptoms and situation. So you don't say, I'm not sick. You don't say, I don't have cancer. But you begin to say, God's bigger than this cancer. This cancer has to go. This cancer is defeated. God is bigger than this cancer. God terminates cancer. <laughs> and, you, and you begin to prophesy uh, over your body, and you prophesy over your situation, and you prophesy over your health, and, you, you, and it's, it's you getting intimate with the Word. You, you get married to the Word. And, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff on this, and I give you some in the book, Move Your Mountains, like out of John 15, where if we abide in Him and His Word abides in us, if the Word takes root, if I become intimate with the Word, if I yield to the Word, if I begin to confess the Word, and confess doesn't mean like just blabbing something you don't believe. Confess means to yield to it entirely, to completely submit to it, to come into complete agreement with it, having been convinced that it is true. Right? So if we do that, so that's the second way that God brings forth healing. When God's bringing healing forth in your body through the Word, it's usually progressive. When, we, when, the, when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation for the common good, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation, it's instant. Okay? And by the way, you can receive an instant healing under the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit, but if you are harmed, oppressed, troubled by the demonic, you'll probably lose your healing. And this is why when CNN and who else has negative news, when they go and they interview people who got healed at the Benny Hinn crusade, this is why half of them aren't healed anymore or whatever. And then they and then they have a big, you know, they have a big, you know, see there, it doesn't work, it's no good, and this is all fake and phony. No, they just couldn't sustain their healing because they didn't have the word, method number two, or and there was demonic influence present, and so the demonic influence brought them back to the former condition. We okay? So, the third way that God heals uh, is through deliverance. And uh, I, I think it's good to combine all three together wherever possible. Uh, but certainly combine uh, method number two and method number three together wherever possible. Because if, if I'm delivered of something and it goes out of me, Matthew chapter 12, when the Spirit leaves a man, it's going to come back and check you out. It's going to come back. And it's going to come back and it's going to see, hey, what's hanging out in this guy's soul right now? 
Uh, does he believe that he uh, uh, was really healed? Does he believe he was really set free? Uh, has his heart adjusted? Uh, how's he talking? Uh, is, he, is, he, is he still claiming the disease? Yeah, my cancer has really gotten worse. Is he still claiming the disease? Can, you know, what's happening with him? Because if he hasn't engaged his soul with the Word to sustain the healing, then potentially we can bring this trouble back upon him. So, but the third method to receive healing. Now, here's what I believe is that where there's demonic power present and it's manifesting or resulting in sickness and disease where there's demonic power present, uh, then we don't have to talk God. In fact, we never have to talk God into this, but we, never, we don't have to talk God into healing us. Uh, I think in our... I think in our... Uh, unfortunately, our casual relationship with the Word, we don't understand how healing comes and we don't understand how to sustain it. Uh, and so we think that it comes through petition and we have to talk God into healing us. But if healing comes through the Word, then just once you get the Word and agree with the Word... See, actually what's happening is God's trying to talk you into believing His Word into looking at His Word, studying His Word, uh, becoming familiar and intimate with His Word. He's trying to talk you into that. And if you would just do that, then you could save a lot of petition time right there. Cut your petition time way down. Because uh, we're, you know, we're spending petition time trying to talk God into stuff He already sent. He sent it in His Word. It says He sent His Word and healed them. Well, that says that way back in Exodus chapter 15. But then Jesus is the full manifestation of that. He's the word that he sent to heal us, right? And so uh, let's, think, let's think about sickness and disease a little bit. Sickness and disease is, uh, for one, it didn't exist until the fall. So we know, oh, something happened right there. At the fall, something happened, okay? So all at once, sickness and disease came in, thorns, thistles, sickness, disease. Uh, as well, what came is death. So even though that first few generations lived to be like 900 years, uh, they would eventually die. And so sickness, we might think of si sickness as insidious death. But it's also very interesting. Sickness, so God ties this together. God says that sickness actually is tied to disobedience. The greater the disobedience could be the greater the sickness. And sickness is reserved actually for those who are disobedient. And sickness is actually a judgment upon the world. Now, where do you get all that? Well, I get all that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He appeals to us to really clean our lives up. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 31. This is the communion passage. He appeals to us as Christians to kind of clean our lives up in our horizontal relationships, love one another richly because this is the body of Christ. And then he says that if you don't do this, he says you don't understand your negative attitudes toward one another and your pride and your, your unclean provoking and your arrogance for this reason, some of you are weak and sick, and some of you are dying prematurely, but if you would judge yourself, you wouldn't be judged with the world. 
So he's actually saying that sickness is actually a judgment on the world. It's meant to be a judgment on the unrighteous. It's not meant to be a judgment on you. You are to live out the fullness of your days. Deuteronomy 28 talks a little bit more about that as well. Deuteronomy 28 uh, starts with 15 verses of blessings, but then in verse 15 it shifts gears and it goes all the way to verse 62 of curses. So first it says, blessed will, you, blessed will you be if you hearken unto my word, if you follow my word, if you, <laughs> and he says, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed will be your basket, blessed will be your kitchen, blessed will be, you know, your cattle, blessed will be your womb, and he just goes on with blessing, right? And then he, in, after verse 15, he shifts gears and he, and he goes into this thing, he says, but if you don't obey, if you don't hearken unto my word, if you don't obey, then these curses will come upon you. And then if you read the curses, it's kind of scary. And the curses are, you know, blight, <laughs> tumors, <laughs> every kind of, it just, you know, everything you can imagine. This stuff will come upon you. Why? Because if you don't hearken to his word, follow his word, yield to his word, knit yourself to his word, you've knit yourself to the demonic realm. You've knit yourself, you've chose, you're sovereign over you, you're in charge of you. You've knit yourself to the demonic realm, and if you're knit to the demonic realm, God cannot protect you, God can't heal you. See, we're living in a, a fallen situation, so we need two things. We need sustained and we need healed, because everything is subject to corruption. So the only way we can overcome corruption in a fallen world is to be sustained by the Word, healed by the Word, hidden in the Word. And if we will do those things, then we can be in a position where the curses don't have power over us. And the demonic realm is, not God, the demonic realm, Satan, is the guardian of the curse. When you are out from under the covering of God, when you're in disobedience and you're out from under the covering of God, then you are now full game or you're open, you're in an opportune spot where the enemy can assail you. Am I making sense? So, this is why we know that even if you're living righteously, if you're living righteously, uh, there's great power in coming against sickness and disease. And we see uh, all the way in, in the ministry of the Lord, we see that uh, it's very, very hard. Uh, people want to do it, but it's very hard to separate deliverance from healing. Very hard. Let me give you a few verses, all right? Is that all right? We okay? For instance, Mark 3.14, Mark 3.14, and he appointed 12 that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons, okay? The demonic realm was a big part of their ministry. Uh, let's go over to a few others. Mark 3.10, and he told his disciples that a boat should stand ready for him because of the crowd so they would not crowd him. For he had healed many with the result that all who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. 
and he earnestly warned them not to tell who he was. You see, see the two, the two, healing and deliverance, are married, 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 married. They're, they're often in the same context. They're in the same ministry. When, we, when he would minister healing, he was ministering deliverance, and the two were together. Super common. Super common. Luke 4, 40. While the sun was setting, all those who had any were sick uh, with various diseases brought them to him. And laying hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Demons were also coming out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. Mark 1.21. They went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have to, to we, do we have what business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, and so they were debating among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Immediately the news about him spread everywhere into the surrounding district of Galilee. kind of paging forward because I know we don't have a lot of time. This, this stuff's hard to cover in a morning service um, for the sake of time. But uh, here's what I want you to get is that there's tremendous power in confronting whatever is troubling you. And given that now you are hidden in Jesus you are no longer under these curses that were described in Deuteronomy 28. That doesn't mean, and we, again, we, we have this uh, unlearned thinking. It doesn't mean that the demonic realm is not troubling you. The nature of the demonic realm is lawbreakers, liars, oppressors, claim jumpers, thieves, troublers. I mean, this is their, this is their nature. If you could, if you could see uh, a bunch of demonic uh, entities uh, somewhere, you'd want to lock them up somewhere in a cell because these are not the nice guys in our community, right? Uh, these, uh, these entities uh, are, 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 they represent everything uh, bad, okay? So for you to think, well, well, hang on, hang on now. Uh, I gave my life to the Lord. I got up on the cross. Uh, I'm dead. I got some word planted in me, but I don't think I need to, I don't, I don't think I have any uh, demon trouble. Uh, I, I think uh, just, you know, God's got all that covered. Uh, I, I think you're, you're, you're missing it. 
because these sneaky characters will sneak up into your life or sneak up out of your past or sneak into the way you think. And by the way, uh, everybody around us is sick. Everybody around us is falling apart. Everybody around us is, is uh, degenerating. Everybody around us has got trouble. Uh, so, and, and, and your folks, your folks had trouble. Yeah, on both sides, everybody back there, mom and dad had trouble, grandma and grandpa had trouble, everybody else had trouble. So, don't you know you're going to have trouble too? Don't you know that? You think you're going to get away without some trouble? Oh, yeah. How's your pancreas doing? How about those kidneys, huh? Remember what dad went through? Uh, how's those lungs, huh? How's that heart? Remember what mom went through? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got a little pain up there in the lymph node? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? You think you're going to get away with something? And so all of life is seducing us, and we're, we've got this whole, we've got pressure all around us, and it's just common. But I'm trying to tell you that some of what's assailing you literally is assailing you, and you could push it out of your life if you just try. Viruses have to obey. Cancer has to obey. Diabetes has to obey. Do you, do you remember what it says in Philippians 2? He was given a name above every name. He, he was given a name above everything that can be named. So what I have found and discovered, and, you know, we've seen this worked out a whole bunch of times. Uh, during the summit, a couple of years in a row, we've had a little healing clinic in the back. People come in from healing and for, come in for healing. And, uh, and I just take the same approach I do with me and with our family, with our children, uh, with us. I just take the same approach, cast the devil out, cast the sickness out, and uh, release the word, bring the word in. Bring the word in. The word will sustain the Word will rebuild. The Word will recreate. The Word, the word will create life. Uh, and the demonic can be dismissed. And uh, there's all sorts of, I mean, healing after healing after healing that happens uh, due to that kind of stuff. Isn't that cool? Okay. Uh, as, as small as and Ms. Scholl knows this, uh, uh, you know, as small as common colds, common colds. Common colds can be dismissed. Viruses can be dismissed. Just tell them to go. You have authority over them. You okay with this? Um, you going to ask the worship team to come? Let's, uh, if, you're, if you're open to this, let's do a holy experiment. Um, if you're here this morning and you suspect that maybe something troubling you uh, doesn't belong on you, um, is inappropriate, it, it's attacking you, uh, so we can kind of assume that 
you know, of everybody in the room. In Luke chapter 13, uh, in Luke chapter 13, Jesus heals a woman who is bent over, right? Uh, and the healing took place. It's interesting. It wasn't the gift of healing that he manifested in Luke chapter 13, verses 11 and following. It wasn't the gift of healing that he manifested. It wasn't the gift of miracles, by the way, either. Uh, so again, we have to understand the gifts. We have to understand the gifts. So this woman was bent over. It says that this woman was bent over and could barely function, right? But he saw that it was an unclean spirit that was doing this to the woman. And by the way, it could have been due to something she had done. She, had, could, have, she could have had a bitterness situation uh, that she kind of had to work through. She had to let somebody go. But the, but the spirit attached to the bitterness was still hanging on to her. By the way, just, just because you patch things up with God doesn't mean that the demonic influence leaves you alone. And so something could have been hanging on to her. But he says to her, uh, he says to her, uh, daughter, you are free of your bondage, right? So he speaks to her. I think we have it right here. He called the woman over. Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid hands on her. Immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. Now in the passage it says, this, this is a daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound. Now that's kind of interesting because you are sons and daughters of Abraham. You are sons and daughters of Abraham. And the method for healing uh, in that particular situation was not so much the word of faith, you know, ac exercising the word of faith, uh, method number two we talked about this morning. And it wasn't necessarily uh, 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of healing. It was deliverance. He just spoke deliverance over her, and she was, she was made erect and set free. He said, you're set free. Right? If you have a suspicion that, or, or you want to just be a part of a holy experiment as we close, just come up and stand across the front real quick. I'll just get started while we... Jeff, I need a couple people up here to help me. Uh, I'll just get started.
Let's, uh, let's stand and we'll worship a little bit this morning. If you got to go, it's okay. We'll just declare a benediction of grace over you. Thank you for being here today, church. Lord, we thank you that you're setting us free. We thank you your promise is real, that you are putting all the enemies of Jesus under our feet, all the enemies of the curse under our feet, that you've given us authority, to dismiss the demonic realm. We thank you for today. We thank you for today. Even you that have come uh, forward this morning, just begin to go into prayer yourself. Don't wait on the prayer minister, myself, or others to come to you. Just begin to address that thing that's been troubling, hounding, tormenting. Just begin to address it. Don't don't pray in the spirit. Don't pray in spirit your language. Don't uh, don't pray just natural worship prayers. Just go right into what we would call some warfare prayer. Just begin to command it, that uh, influence to go. If it's a sickness, command Thank it to go. Lord. If it's an emotion like a fear, command it to go. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just begin to overpower it in Jesus. Begin to overpower it in Jesus. Yeah, some of you uh, mentors that are in the building, come up and help me. You that work with us in Restored Life. We're just going to declare freedom over these people this morning freedom over these people this morning freedom over these people this morning
Every morning, the sun rises every morning. 